Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company revolutionising the way we look at having a night out with friends. They make sophisticated, non-alcoholic beverages that are sugar-free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink and love yourself the next day too. Stay high in spirits, keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Season 2 has begun. I'm super excited for the guests that I've got in today. Here's the gorgeous Billy Otto. Hey Billy, how are you? Danny. It's such an honor to be here. I'm feeling great. I've just been sipping your chai, just hanging out with Ash. I've just been in the sun this morning in the ocean and yeah, just feeling so invigorated to be honest. Yeah. Good company, good nature. Beautiful time to be alive here in the yeah. Northern Rivers. Yeah, definitely. The chai, it's very spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Hits the back it's, of your throat, but I like it. It's I like made a bit me of kick. sweat. I think it's put me into a pre-menopausal, some kind of... <laughs> Sweat thing going on, but it's it's awesome. But it beats oh, um it beats being hungover. That's for sure. I think a chai, any kind of chai, spice chai on arrival is like so classy and <laughs> so generous and homely. And it's a must, yeah, isn't it? For sure, it's an absolute must. So thanks for coming in today. Um, you're thirty two years old. Is that I correct? Am. Yeah. How long have you been on your sober journey? Um, I think properly since like the start of the year, mm-hmm. like. I think for me, I I got introduced to alcohol kind of young. Like I grew up in a really conservative Christian home and alcohol wasn't drunk by my parents. It wasn't consumed by any of my family. But I think just coming from a public school, growing up in Newcastle in um in a in a rugby league, mm. Commodore driving town, just yeah, like I, I got into alcohol pretty young, like 13 was yeah. when I first got drunk and it was just always looming over the next three years of my life and growing up playing in bands and things like, 
yeah, I'd just be getting on the goon sack and, you know, and it was just like beer and alcohol was just part of, I guess, what I thought was masculine and, and to be mannish. And I always kept it secret from my family. Mm. Um, but definitely, like, I saw it as the mark of a man if I could have a beer in my hand. Yeah. A lot of people that I interview feel like it makes them feel more adult <laughs> or they feel like that's the thing that adults do, like particularly when they're teenagers. Yeah. And, you know, of course, it's a part of fitting in. And in yeah. a, like, would you call Newcastle, it's not really a small country town, but it does yeah, have that vibe um, to it, It's a it? small city or a massive town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it still would have that element, I guess. I grew up in a small country town, yeah. so the drinking culture was huge. Yeah. There. Um, and there's some, yeah, there's definitely, I think that, especially, did you say you were sporting as well? Um, or just music? Um, I grew up playing rugby league. Yeah. And, um, but music was more my thing, but even in the surfing world as well, like I grew oh. up surfing from a young age and yep. it was still kind of that toxic male kind of season of surfing where it was just kind yeah. of like the way you treated women, the way you consumed alcohol, the way that you smoked weed and things like it was all kind of one package. And I became a Christian minister for a while. So I've been through what? all kinds of extremes, all kinds of extremes. Like, but oh my God. yeah, in another life, I used, yeah, I used to be a high school teacher too in another life. But I wow. think for me, there was always like this voice that was calling me to my inner divinity. There was always something I was saying, like, you don't need to say those words to a woman. You don't need to treat her like a product. You don't need to treat your body, uh, your sanctuary in this way with consuming these substances. But the programming was so deep mm. and I feel like uh, society and culture that I was brought up in, I, I wasn't given the tools to, to, to be aware mm. of my thoughts, my feelings. And I definitely attached myself to my form. I was a surfer. I was a rock musician. Thus I should be at parties. And it was just these things that mm. I thought that I was, but mm. there was a deeper divinity that was calling me to presence, but I was just in this dissonance. I was just rejecting that deeper voice and, trying to be busy and just, you know, you're watching movies all the time. You're just busy. And I think, yeah, that's the, probably the biggest thing right now when I'm mentoring younger people, especially in music, is just really trying to counsel and encourage them to, to find spaciousness, yeah. to create and curate spaciousness. Because I think alcohol is one thing, but there's a there, obviously we know there's a more of a core, there's a core mm. issue of a lack of awareness of self. Absolutely. You know, at the root. Yeah. Nathan Kay and I were talking about it in the a few episodes ago. It's like a culture of alcoholism, but also in that it's, there's an emotional void there, mm. probably from hundreds of years of, from different religions and things like yeah, that, like stopping yeah. the, um, the getting together and celebrating by singing and dancing. You know, the maypoles mm. were cut down in the 17th century mm. and was forbidden to dance and sing yeah. and to express the people to express themselves in that way when they're consuming so much alcohol they're not tapping into their true joy and their true Mm, essence mm. so part of the the recovery or part of becoming Mm. sober is tapping back into that beautiful joy what's so great about you and what you do and what we all do we're lucky because we've got music and things like Mm. that but a lot of people tap into a creative energy Mm. what I love what you're doing is how you're mentoring younger people and other musicians Mm. to be able to tap into that yeah. Without the need of the substance. <laughs> yeah. Because it, you know, it numbs our consciousness yeah. so much. There's almost like, I feel like when you are, like when you've had a couple of beers, you're at a pub with a mate and sometimes you are tapping into those vulnerable chats. It's almost like, like a fabricated vulnerability or a fabricated authenticity in a way, because mm. it's like, 
find out with a lot of my mates in Newey, Newcastle, fuck Newey. <laughs> it's kind of like this thing where, yeah, you have the real chats when you've had a few beers, which is like, it's beautiful that you can access it, you know, for that moment in time hmm. um, when you're not sober. But it's just so sad that we don't have that space and that ability to access that inner child and that ageless joy that's always mm. been there, mm. that deep sacred energy mm. that really brings true, deep, eternal connection. Yeah. And that's what you find in sobriety. That's sobriety. what we've found is that <laughs> oh. um, not needing that to be able to be um, to be open and to yeah, express. And every sure. man that I've had on here yeah. has found that that was one of their greatest discoveries that they had in their sobriety was that they didn't need the alcohol, the liquid courage to come out yeah. and say how they were feeling. Yeah. So the, the greatest thing that could happen is going forward is all these men come up as, as elders or peers, but to say, it's okay. Like mm. come out, you don't need this. You don't need this. It's essentially a very dangerous drug yeah. to be open like that. It's so mm. much more authentic and beautiful when it can come out of this place yeah. of pure. And I think it was like through my, through my new love, Sylvie, she's an incredible woman of meditation, innocent. She's a painter, such a lovely girl. And I think it was through I, I, my meditation practice has gone so much deeper this year. And my community's kind of shifted in the last year. I'm in the ocean every day. But the more that I'm tapping into like mindfulness kind of energy, the more I'm really coming into my like sacred feminine as well. Mm. And so it's like, felt like to shake my hips I had to be a bit drunk yeah you know like yeah. a little while ago like yeah and you know you're loose you're kind of dancing like Beyonce <laughs> but now when I'm in a supermarket like I feel it in my hips and now yeah. if I was to go to a wedding like I'm on the kombuchas and on the waters but yeah. like I'm dancing all night yeah and it's just this deep joy and people see it they want to come on the dance floor it's like this contagious yeah. energy yeah this beautiful vibration yeah and People can't believe that I'm not on anything. I know. You know? I've had that as well where people are like, oh, you were wasted. I was like, ah, I wasn't even drinking. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's amazing as well. And Nathan was saying the same thing, um, yeah. that he's like, he can party with the best of them. You know, he doesn't yeah, need all no, that stuff. To... I'm still up at six o'clock, ready for a surf, yeah. back in my meditation. And... Yeah. It's so amazing, isn't it? It's such yeah. a gift. And my gut still feels great. Yeah. And like, I'm... Because I always felt that, especially when I was younger, when I'd start getting a bit tipsy, just the loose things that I'd say in public and I'd feel really <laughs> embarrassed and like, oh, was it, oh, yeah, something came over me or, you know, or, or just like that toxic masculine, especially when you're younger as well. But like, I feel like if, if alcohol wasn't a part of that, I'd, I probably wouldn't have said some of those things to some oh, of those totally. women, you know? And so it's just Oh my like, God. You know, life's already <laughs> as complex as you need it to be, but then you bring alcohol in, it's just kind of like, fuck, like just layers of problems. Oh my God. I'm like a chronic oversharer anyway. <laughs> so yeah. when I put alcohol in the mix with me yeah. and I'm just like an oversharer on steroids and I just like would tell everyone anything about anything, about anyone, yeah. about my vagina, yeah. <laughs> constant <laughs> talk about my vagina and yeah. <laughs> People didn't need to know about my vagina. Except when I did the vagina conversations and monologues, that was that was different because that was appropriate. <laughs> but um, yeah, some of the things that I would talk about or say, it was just like fuck. That was part of my uh, the anxiety the next day was yeah. like, oh fuck, what did I say that for? And yeah. oh why, why? And it's so yeah. embarrassing, but yeah. it it kind of feels right at the time, or it feels yeah. good at the time. 
Now, they don't want to know about your vagina and how it looks after childbirth. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't. So, you know. Because yeah. I do believe that there is like this new awakening within mm. men and it's an ancient thing. It's not a new thing that's come within like woke folk buying dudes. It's always been there. Mm. Um, but, you know, where as, as a man now, I can properly love people, mm. properly talk about how I love myself deeply, mm. Mm. properly mean what I say, say what I mean, like everything. Everything's yeah. completely in alignment. I'm not waiting for a situation of being non-sober to say certain things. Like I'm completely in my body, yeah. more present than I've ever been. Yeah. And my gut health is the best it's ever been. You know, it's like there's all these consistencies and these blessings that – I think at the end of the day, just in processing and when I die eyes, I'm like, man, I'm so blessed. Like life is the drug, you know, it's yeah. just, I want to stay on this train. Yeah. And I'm just seeing my friendships just flourish. My relationship with my dad is getting better. And um, I think, you know, you talk about love all the time, but like how often are we really just like loving on our bodies, mm. you know, and, and really mm. thinking I've got this sacred mind, like mm. I want to nourish it. And mm. as I'm a custodian of the world, it needs to firstly start with me being a custodian of my mind and my body. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Part of uh, my journey early on was to embrace the, the self-love because mm. especially like getting to around, you know, late thirties, early forties, there's just, you've had decades of conditioning of like mm. telling yourself how shit you are and waking up in the morning, you know, with a hangover feeling so low and like, mm. so I would just hate on myself so much mm. and then I'd eat shit food. I'd feel shit about my body, about mm. everything. And, you know, I wouldn't get up and exercise and there was this whole, it just grew on itself so mm. much. That I was just conditioned to just think I was shit. Yeah. So part of that for me was like to even just look in the mirror and start looking at parts of my body that I'd mm. normally pick shit out of and just go, no, you know, I love you. Or, you know, you've got <laughs> saggy tits. That's okay. You've fed yeah. two kids, you know. Yeah. And I am i don't have like, beautiful, you know, yeah. and just seeing the beauty Very within. Mm. And then every day, like when I'm journaling, I'm always like, well done, daddy. Like no matter what I do, and I've talked about this before in the podcast is like always tell myself well done. Mm. And I always, you know, give myself, you know, congratulations and things like that because it's really important yeah. part of, of loving yourself mm. is celebrating, you know, the small things, loving your body and who mm. you are yeah. and not beating up on yourself anymore. I was just so glad yeah. to be free of that. And it's a long process. Long pro All that conditioning. Oh, it takes so long. And all those terrible things you said to yourself for the last 30 years, you know, it's mm. like. And I'm a big believer that the subconscious is listening and words mm. are like, here I go, I might get a bit woo-woo here, but mm. no, you, yeah, the word, the words you say, whether you speak of yourself, it's like casting a spell on yourself or other people around mm. you. So it's, your words are so, there's so much power and magic in them that yeah. you must be really careful what you say to yourself. Yeah, in the book, um, The Four Agreements, he, oh, talks, he, he calls book. it black magic. Yes. It's like dark magic. It's yes. like you're a dark black musician. Oh my God, if and anyone... you're speaking those things over your life, not even other people. Like, firstly, like the yeah. worst fucking things I've ever said have been to myself. Yeah. Oh, it's so... That book, if anyone hasn't <laughs> read that, um, I'll put a link to the yeah. in the show notes. And the Audible is insane. You can finish it in a day. Yeah, I listened to... I did yeah. the Audible. Um, yeah. But I think I've got a hard copy of it here mm. as well. But it's such an amazing book. And essentially... And do you know I put it in my journaling every day? I write the four agreements down as a oh. reminder. So the first one is use your words impeccably. Yeah. And then don't take things personally. personally. Yeah. Never assume, never make assumptions yeah. and do your best. Yeah. 
And it's such a great way to live your life. So simple. Gives me goosebumps. So ingestible. It's just there. There's not like 20 different theories for every different one. It's just like yeah. it's practical. Yeah. It's and practice. even yeah, with, with how you use your words and choosing your words and using mm. your words impeccably, then you become more mindful about about the bad things we often say every day about other people or mm. and the assumptions. Oh, my God, the assumptions. Like, mm. oh, he looked at me that way. That must mean he thinks this or... <laughs> Narrativizing. Oh, my God. Sapiens, we are... Uh, meaning making machines oh, every day, every, every minute. Day. Yeah. So that's such a, an amazing thing to start yeah, becoming aware sure. of. Yeah. And that's so cool that you're, yeah. you know, there already. I wish I'd discovered these things, <laughs> you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. So tell me about back to the alcohol. When did you start realizing that it wasn't a right fit for you anymore? When were you feeling the disconnect? My honest timeline was I stopped drinking alcohol when I was like 18 because mm-hmm. I got, I became like Ned Flanders. I went really, really conservative. Really? Seventh Day Adventist Christian. It was Whoa. weird and wonderful time. <laughs> my my family is very Christian, very Seventh Day Adventist, but I kind of went through my own renaissance in that faith, and um, just went all out. Went to Bible College in America. I was knocking on people's doors. I Whoa. went like an opposite extreme. Can you send a photo of that? <laughs> Wearing a suit. Yes. Just like preaching at these conferences all around the world, like whole different life and i've oh taken so much of that beautiful heritage but i guess i definitely went to the other extreme of like alcohol's evil and i was so anti it that it was mm-hmm. almost like you know i think everything in in our history and our heritage has had had a place like you don't hate on alcohol but for me it was just like i was so so off it but for religious reasons more than anything just because like god said not to do it you know, I had this story from the New Testament that, you know, God didn't want me to drink it. Jesus didn't drink alcohol, neither will I, you know, and that kind of thing. But it was probably when I started to kind of deconstruct from my faith more. And I was about 26, 27 after being a, a minister. And I came back to Australia and my girl, she wasn't always getting drunk, but she was having like, she liked red wine and different things, liked nights out with the girls. And I think part of me was like, fuck, I've been robbed for the last 10 years. Now I'm going to like let loose a little bit. Mm. You know, get a bit tipsy, you know, mm. Sydney's got like a massive like drinking culture, especially with like craft beer. Like mm. I think the thing that would kind of hook me back into the, to the, the wolf pack was kind of just the IPA revolution that's mm. come back, you know, mm-hmm. stone and wood, wood and young Henry's that, that world. But yeah, but I, every time I was drinking, I never felt great, but I kind of felt like I needed this so that I could have community. Like I just had that, that lie of like, mm. But how am I going to connect with the boys without a beer? Kombucha doesn't do it. Yeah. Raz, uh, what's uh, cranberry juice doesn't do it. You know, soda <laughs> water doesn't do it. You know. Yeah. But again, it was just these lies that I kind of said to myself that yeah. I can't connect with mates unless I have a beer. You making know? assumptions. Yeah, making assumptions. <laughs> Back to the four agreements. So, mm. like, I was never an alcoholic. I never went crazy with alcohol. I was never spending a lot of money. But it was just kind of like, just went through this little thing with dark beers and craft beers. But I never fully felt like it was me. And mm. I never saw it as necessary for my contentment over an evening evening or a joy um, infuser. Like it was more so just something that I thought I needed to do. But I think it was like, you know, coming out of Sydney and moving north to Byron, like I kind of came back to this beautiful inner child and <laughs> just being in the ocean all the time, came back to this like real sacred primal sense of like, I've got everything that I need. And mm. I really wanted to start posturing and curating my 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 mindset and my body towards things that could really give to my body and to my life. Mm, yeah. And like for me, like being in complete like alignment, like I want 
the way that I make money and the way that I spend money to still be all in the same culture mm. of like, you know, is this helping humanity? Is this helping the ecosystems, the fragilic ecosystems of the world? Like I wanted there to be consistency and, mm. and you know, you, you, you read the stats about domestic violence and alcoholism. Like it's all like one incestuous marriage, that whole world mm. and mm. child abuse and these, all these different stats. And I was just like, man, Deep down, I didn't even need to talk to anyone about it. But when I became completely single again, I was in Byron, you know, mourning through, you know, having properly then said goodbye to my ex-fiance. I just kind of made a decision of like, I'm, I feel like I don't need to be in this realm anymore. And I'm so much more free. Mm. Um, just coming back to health. Yeah. And so how do you feel as an individual now? Do you feel more individual? Like, mm. you know, it sounds like you were kind of doing it to fit in with the pack there and now I mean you clearly are not someone who blends in you know with the pack necessarily which is great well the good thing about Byron as well is like I feel like you know you're from Melbourne I'm from Sydney it's like I feel like when you're kind of a little bit woo a little bit like us (laughs) in cities people think you are that kind of woo character it's kind of like oh I'm like this little like hippie Mowgli dude that loves to meditate and like when I came up here I looked around like everyone was like me like I look a lot like Ash (laughs) (laughs) and it's just great like you're not the anomaly anymore you know and obviously like everyone's individual and individually beautiful but like I just felt like up here, I felt so much more able to properly dis- rediscover being myself. Mm. And at every party you go to, there's always vegan options. At every party you go to, there's like a non-alcoholic option. There's always, mm. you know, and so it's a lot more accepted. And mm. there's so many other friends, brothers, sisters that are around you that are on the same kind of path. And so I felt like that was like definitely a cool thing for me, just being like, yeah, I'm not alone up here. But then the more that I came back to my mindfulness um, rituals in the morning and the more that I spent time in nature, the more that I diarized, I just, I just, um, again, went deeper with this inner joy that I, I just didn't really see a need to yeah. go back, back to alcohol Yeah, at all. Yeah. yeah. It's so awesome. It's like you've made, it sounds to me like as though you made the decision yeah. and then you've just gone with it and yeah. you've, you've seen the, the benefits from it rather than yeah. you're not giving something up. You've gained so much and you've given yeah. yourself all these amazing gifts. So. Yeah. For sure. And um, it's a whole host of things, but for me, definitely like the last seven months of being pretty much completely sober. Um, and for most of the year, but being in Byron for, for the last seven months sober, I fully felt more myself than ever as a 32-year-old, feeling like younger than ever and even the glow in my skin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You look very My healthy. eyes look healthier, like my hair, like, and I'll literally every day, have someone come up to me and say, you belong up here. I don't know what you've been doing, but you just seem so in, in your flow state, in your ikigai. <laughs> what have you been doing? And I'm like, well, do you want to hear the stories? <sighs> but yeah, but definitely like sobriety is huge in all of that. It's yeah. all tapered. Yeah. So what about those friends that you had, the other Novocastrians? Are you still in contact with those people? Yeah, or how do it's they kind of like I reach you? out to some of my old boys like – Every now and then. But it's just like, I think when you come into your 30s, you kind of realize as well, like, I hardly have enough time to call my brother. Mm. And it's like, I think there's there's crew that love the old you and then there's crew that will just come with you. And there's yeah. a reciprocal chasing for that, that friendship and that connection. But, you know, I'm probably the most extroverted person I know, but I still realize that I just, I love having closer community and I, I want to attract people into my life that I align with more and... Mm. 
And so, and I think being up here, I've got some old friends, but so many new ones as well. And so, yeah, like I've, I feel like there's this thing of like, you know, there's only so many beautiful humans that you can really invest in whilst running in business, while trying to have a relationship, yeah. while keeping yourself healthy. And so I'll still check in. Yeah. I'm definitely not about just flipping the tables and saying goodbye to old friends. And, but I'd want to hope that I could be that space for people that are, that are wanting to also go deeper and mm. open and soft to having a change of heart mm. and lifestyle when it comes to things like alcohol. And mm. I wouldn't want them to feel like I'm a holier than thou guy that is way too woke <laughs> to connect, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, with someone who's more in, in, in like the alcohol realm. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of it too. And it's, it's okay to let go of that and not be so held on to the past. Because when you're looking forward and you're looking to who you want to become, mm. you can't be sort of looking back through the rear vision mirror mm. as well. Mm. And if those friends want to come along, yeah. then they will. Because I find so many people, that's one of their main concerns, Yeah, is that they're going to lose their friendship connections. Mm. But I can't stress enough that when your energy in yourself changes, you start to attract more like-minded people. 100%. Don't you think? And oh. it, it comes, you know, it's... um. It's And then it's sort of, I don't know, the connection is so much deeper with people. You don't really yeah. notice that anymore. And you still mm. can check in with the, the other friends. Yeah. But you don't need to be around that anymore. Mm. And I always say that you are the product of the five people you hang out with. Yeah. So it is good sometimes to to press on and keep moving forward, yeah. you know? Yeah. So Because um, it's all energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And... You know, I, I I feel like now in I feel like I'm I'm probably sinking in the most like authentic mode of of myself, and it's just like I'm not I'm trying to like not think about as much about what other people are thinking about me from like that mm. world. Like mm. you know, um, I'm pretty surrendered to like I'm going to be true to my truth. Yeah, you know, and it'll all work out. You know, my craft, my music sounding better than ever. Yeah, you know, my current friendships are just thriving, and and so yeah. I think it's just like it's yeah it's it's a, it's a new dawn a new day. Yeah, so what would you say to someone who was struggling with that kind of thing? They're wanting to kind of change their identity within themselves but they're scared of what the other friends are going to think about it. Mm. I think taking a big breath and curating space to be with yourself and to sink into that spaciousness. I think it always comes to the void. It's like that Beatles song for the album Revolver that says, turn off your mind, relax and float downstream, surrender to the void. It's like being mm. okay with just being at the beach. Because I think like we're just surrounded by so much noise and mm. so parties and alcohol help with noise. Mm. And so it feels good for a while that you've got these distractions and as a man you've got beautiful women around, there's alcohol, whatever. And But, you know... That insecurity, I think sometimes that we have as humans from all our conditioning of being able to sit with the inner voice and the inner child. Mm. And so I think it's having that ability to, to to make space and to see if you can sink into the heart and just put your hands on your heart and just mm. be like, I have behaved in these ways for the last 30, 20, 40 years of my life. But coming back to this and just going like, but where does this come from? Mm. like what what noise do I have in my life that doesn't need to be there there's a beautiful um, indigenous word um, from the Eora nations from Sydney that is called didiri and the word literally means deep listening mm. 
And so obviously deep listening to each other, but I think more the deeper meaning of the word of, of Didiri is like a deep listening to the heart and to that inner voice. Mm. And so... Because alcohol just strips that. It's just yeah. the ability to have that listening. And yeah. that's the sad thing, mm. you know, and it's so sad to see people. And I get it. Like I've been there and partied, mm. you know, a lot. And I get where that need comes from. Mm. But when, you, when you're away from it now, mm. like you are, and you can look back and you can see just how sad that is when people mm. are in that state because you're like, you're just craving connection, but you're just going about yep. it in the exact opposite wrong way. Yeah. Which is really sad. Yeah. And I think like the more that I kind of put a lending ear out to my friends, especially if someone's listening out there and they're, they're a guy and it's like mental health is massive. And I think mm. alcohol can become like a, a distraction from real work. Yeah. It's like absolutely go out with the boys and yeah, there is this sense of ecstasy and, and heaven when you're having a few beers with the boys by the beach. But I think, yeah, it is coming back to that those those core questions of like why do I maybe why do I feel this way and and um and what kind of habits did my parents have <laughs> yeah coming to ancestry as well and just being mindful of that yeah um but I think when it comes to um like a reawakening of heart it's like I think for me I had to question like when I went through a huge crazy breakdown with my fiance at the start of last year I was on a crossroads where I'd had a few beers at my cousin's wedding I was so sad I wasn't drunk but I made this decision when I came home from this wedding trip, so depressed. Like, I'm not going to go on a drunken fishing trip. I'm not going to get on Tinder. I'm not going to lose myself at the Redfern pub with my mates. I'm going to I'm gonna do some work. I'm going to create a month or two months of rehab for myself. I'm going to get off mm-hmm. gluten, coffee. I'm not going to look at porn. I'm going to run twice a day. I'm not going to drink alcohol. And I'm going to come back to a mindfulness practice. I'm going to try to get off social media for a little bit. And I just created this space. Wow. And it all just kind of came to me. I didn't have to read. I read some books, but I think most of the truth that we need to hear is already there. Yes. It it really is. You don't need to go to Northern India. You could. You don't have to do Wim Hof, but you could. But these Mm. are all tools that you can access deeper things that are already there in your mm. curvature of consciousness. Yeah, that's amazing. It's like just shushing shushing everything, yeah. bringing the sound down and then just oh. listening. Oh, wow, that's really powerful. Like we grew up in a home, well, I did, where my mum always had like ads and things playing, like Daniel's Direct. No, 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 yeah. no. There's just constant yeah. Oprah's always playing. There has to be something. Yeah. Now you go home, she's cranking sermons all the time and things. There's always <laughs> this noise, always someone to call. Mm. These things can all be beautiful. There's nothing wrong with those things, but... I think the biggest change happens when we actually curate and create space. Absolutely. And that's in our evolution. Mm. Like mm. 10,000 years ago, we all lived in tribes. We were in the wilderness. We were in the jungle. And we, our ancestors had fire and they had some tools and things, but it was it was community. It was village. It was mm. connection to nature. And there was space there. It's so beautiful, isn't it? It's so beautiful. Mm. And I just can't, I find it hard to put into words sometimes when trying to express that, how beautiful mm. it is to be really connected to, to your surroundings and to your, <laughs> to your, ins- you know, to your internal voice as yeah. well. It's, yeah. it's so life transforming, but yeah, I guess people have to get there when they're ready. But if you are questioning that, if you're waking up feeling like disconnected and you're not feeling right, like yeah. you said, it's time to start asking yourself those questions. Why don't I feel right? You know, what is it? Yeah. You know, and start 
Like what I think it's incredible what you did. It's like you made these decisions <laughs> to block all this stuff out. It's so huge. Yeah. I, I mean, and I came yeah. out, I literally, something you said before, Danny, really like pricked something within me because you were like, Billy, I started looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, fire out. Look at my hair. Look at my saggy boobs. Like, look at this. Yeah. And we're just kind of like giggling, appreciating. Yeah. But just like seeing you've been given this like, you know, meat suit and you're just this soul <laughs> yeah. existing within it. Yeah. You're this soul that's trying to be human. But like, I remember when I started going through my own little rehab, my little Russell Brand experience, I would walk outside in Maroubra and see a fucking table and that table was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. It was like, this table, look at it. Who made this? (laughs) What kind of aluminium is this? Like, I was just like, I'd see a flower. Yeah. And I would see like, it was like a flower was like a shooting star. It was just so captivating. Yes. These senses come back. Like even yesterday when I was doing Kirtan, so like Vedic singing up in Pottsville with some friends, I was looking at my legs and I was like, look at my cute, Malaysian legs they're so cool (laughs) but I I literally just hugged my knees and I was just like fuck I'm so grateful to be in this little human suit like it's I what I have is so much like and so I think when you create space you actually come back to such a deeper sense of gratitude yeah gratitude is such a big part (laughs) of this whole thing isn't it you know just to be so grateful for the legs that carry us and for those things and Oh, it's such a good place to tap into, yeah. you know, and it just brings the joy and like to look at yeah. you, like, and I'm sure people can hear it too, that will be listening to this. I can hear the joy that's that's resonating throughout your whole being and it's yeah. such a beautiful thing to be around. It makes oh. me feel more joyful. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. But they, yeah. also, they also say that the more you can relax your face, your whole body relaxes when you relax mm. your face. When you're smiling, you've got like the smile of the Buddha, you've got a half smile. You've relaxed your eyes. I remember I used to walk around with my German rock jaw, and just like it was me against the world. You're tense. Just really? I can't imagine dudes. you like that. I know, but I think it was just default because my dad has got like German heritage and like just kind of, you know, he's a bit more stiff, but just what, you know, in like a social environment, he's really stiff, stiff in the hips. But the more that I relax my face and just come into my body, like I think it's the time now where dudes are starting to come into their body. And it's fucking yeah. beautiful. Yeah. You know, like for the first time in my life this year, I've been able to say without alcohol, fuck, like I'm fully coming into my sexy. Like I'm a beautiful mm. man. Mm. You and are. being okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah. like I, I would never be able to say that growing up in fucking Newcastle, the biggest tall poppy city. Of course. People yeah. would just think, oh yeah, but yeah, what's your sexuality? You know, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, just how you'd write it off. Like, yeah. but Yeah. There's just a whole world to discover yeah, once absolutely. you go in, yeah. once you go deeper. Yeah. Every, it's, it's so great too. Every single guy I've had on this podcast so far have been maybe a bit more macho before, a bit more kind of full yeah. masculine type dudes. And that through their sobriety, they've really, really softened and yeah. they've started to, you know, to love themselves and to mm. love their surroundings and be more vulnerable and open. And it's so nice. It's yeah. just so nice to watch, you know, just to speak to these guys mm. and you think, oh my God, just get out there and show more guys how to be like <laughs> yeah. this, you know, especially the young guys like in their twenties. And I think yeah. if, if we can cultivate more of that yeah. and more conversations like this for the young guys, you know, to say it's okay and just be open and beautiful and there's nothing to that. prove. Yeah, you know, you don't have to prove anything and you don't have to fit in. I've got a bunch of friends in the surfing world and it's the same what's happening in the surfing world. It's the same what's happening in the music world. Like it's the old school 
if you're getting on the tinnies like four nights a week mm-hmm. and like getting like a whole list of one night stands, not remembering girls' names the next day, like that's old school. And that kind of mm-hmm. shit just doesn't sail anymore. It's done. Like everyone's got Instagram now, like it's done, you know, like. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Cause that's one of the reasons I want to have you on here. It's just like, I feel like there's this movement coming oh, yeah. through of like, oh. that it's not okay to act like that, which is yeah. so awesome. And it's like, you know, like everything that happened to the boys from Sticky Fingers, like, it's like, it's just the, the brutal reality is now it's like, you can't you can't treat a girl terribly and just get away with it now because of social media and because of, you know, laws. And it's, it's kind of beautiful. It's very humbling for guys, I think. That's great. Cause I'm in that boat. I'm a man and identify as a man and it's, um, but what is cooler now I find is like when you, you have all these young guys in the surfing world and the music world that are meditating at six in the morning mm. and they, they go to bed at nine when they're not on tour And they're talking about really introspective lyrics and in their interviews, you hear different, you know, insights. It's existential. And I feel like a lot of my friends now in the music world are really trying to posturing themselves towards making art that counts. Like they really Mm. care about the environment. They really care about women's rights. They really care about poverty. And Mm. not every song needs to be about hugging trees, but it comes from a place of consciousness. Yeah, that's so true. It's like, fuck, I've been been given Mm. this gift and, you know, I'm going to properly mean what I say when I say this lyric. And and it's like coming from this place of of deep awareness, like radical awareness. Absolutely. And and again, that's also part of being in your consciousness so much that Mm. you are using your words impeccably, like we're talking about the four agreements. And alcohol doesn't allow for that. Yeah. So, and I think it, it's so cool that there's, it's not cool anymore to be like a trash bag and yeah. it's, it is, it's not cool anymore. Yeah. You know, for sure. and it's really exciting. I, I, and I think it's, it's cultivating as well. This generation of people that is going to be so switched on and yeah. creatively just so open and yeah. it's pretty exciting. It's yeah. great. And, and I think as well, like I think more and more artists want to be completely open and transparent with how they live and Mm. like your brand is becoming your lifestyle and vice versa it's like the way that I live like that's part of my brand now and I whatever I do in my life I want to be willing to share about it publicly to be honest Mm. I want to be at that point of alignment where I could talk Mm. about anything yeah and not feel shame and like oh I don't want my kids to know about that like Mm. I don't look at porn like I can talk about that I'm shameless in that Mm. you know and you know I don't do a bag a month I'm not on the bag you know I I want you know I'm cool you know and it's just like you know I felt like there was certain patterns in my life and certain you know activities that I come back to where I was so not proud you know when I was Mm. looking at porn you know coming out of a breakup like I was obviously there's a lot of like you know toxic guilt and shame that you can feel but I just knew deep down that it wasn't feeding my soul that it was taking me further away from my true essence yeah taking me further away from the path and so yeah yeah like for me like it's like alcohol is just one of those other things that when used in a certain way like it's it's still taking away from a bit more of that that deeper joy you know yeah absolutely so um we'll probably wrap wrap up but um amazing chat absolutely loved it thank you so much what i'd love to know is going back in time if you could sit there with 13 year old billy what would you say to him yeah. What advice would you give him? Hmm. Oh, I was thinking that for a second. Whew. 
I would love to let Billy know that he's so loved. Mm. Mm. So loved, doesn't need to do anything, doesn't need to prove himself, doesn't matter what he wears, what he says, who he hangs out with, he's so fucking loved. Mm. Unconditionally. Mm. I would want him to know that that legacy is powerful, you know, and it's a word that's thrown around so much. It can be used, it's such a cliche, but, you know, there's such an impact that you can have on people with how you how you think and how you treat people. Mm. I would really want little Billy to know that uh, a strong man is a man of character. Mm. Mm. And there's a way that you can be masculine and kind. Yeah. And treating women well is very masculine. Mm. Sacred masculine energy. Mm. I would really want him to know that his body is a temple. Mm. And like health is such a gift, mm. such a blessing to really nourish his body and be a custodian of it. Yeah, and I'd want him, the last thing I'd want him to know is that... Um, from that place of purity that he has that he can just make some beautiful art, mm. you know, and, like, the whole pursuit of fame, like, is very, like, illusory, <laughs> mm. you know, but real success, like, comes from the heart and you can live in success and live in heaven before winning an aria or a Grammy. You can fully live in that realm now. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, you're carrying yourself so beautifully through this world and I can't wait to see what you do next and I think you're going to make a huge impact on all the lives that you touch and the people that come into contact with you because you're a beautiful human and just the joy as I said the joy that comes out of you is incredible and you know keep going on your path because I feel it and I think yeah it's Mm. it's amazing and Danny I want to thank you (laughs) for inviting me on and you were just like a breath of heaven eh and (laughs) you really embraced me like a big sister Mm. And I feel like I've known you for ages. Yeah, likewise. But our friendship's one week in. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I really want to honor you for holding this space for people. It's such a a beautiful modality of healing and Mm. vulnerable conversation. There's not enough of it. And so I just, I want to encourage you to stay on this journey too. It takes a lot of work, a lot of energy, but you have an incredible way to carry Mm. this very delicate conversation that's Mm. affected us all, you know? And so... Mm. Yeah. Thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Heaps Billy. Cool. Oh, so, um, also just like with links with your music and what you're doing, yeah. I'll yeah. Um, pop those up on the show notes. Yeah. And if people want to reach out to yeah. you um, for, you know, whatever reason, is yeah. the best way through Instagram, something like yeah, that? Yeah, through Instagram. Yeah, I've got some, I've got a new single called Let Me Loose coming out next month and oh, it definitely applies to to letting go of things. Ooh. It's all about letting go. Yeah. Look forward to hearing that. And um, my podcast is called The Beginning of Us with Billy Otto. Yes. So, yeah. Yes, yeah, and there's yeah. that as well. So I'll put links to all that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so there's a million ways that people can For reach sure. out to you. And you're going on tour soon, is that yeah, right? Yeah, going on tour early November. A bunch of shows up and down the coast. Fantastic. With Teoski, Kyle Lionheart, and my own headline shows. So a lot of shows in November. It's the tour month. Yeah, that's Excited. exciting. Yeah. Great. All right, well, we'll... Um, Lots of love, sister Danny. Thank you. You too.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.